Warning, this podcast contains spoilers, but you shouldn't care. Welcome to Hey James, Watch This, a celebration of mediocrity. In this, and indeed every episode, Russ and Fry will try to convince their friend James why he should watch an absolutely unnecessary film. Hey James, Watch This. Hi everybody, welcome to Hey James, Watch This. I am James. I'm Russ. And I'm Fry. Let's talk about the Gray Man. Oh boy. <laughs> James Bond um, part nothing. Yeah, the emphasis on the nothing. Uh, up until about halfway through this movie, I think I was prepared to say, well, it's competently shot and there's nothing particularly I dislike about it, so it's fine. But um, I started noticing a trend. <laughs> <laughs> um, pretty much every single one of the bad guys, except, of course, for the main bad guy, is not white. <laughs> and... and Yes. It was, I'm not usually that sensitive to notice this kind of stuff, but it was, it's not racist like you're a clan member, but it's racist like you play Call of Duty a lot. You know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of racist. How many black like people survived this movie? It probably isn't intentional, but you could make a case. Uh, but Certainly yeah, anyway, a bad I, sign. It's it's the kind of movie we look for here on this podcast. It's utterly unnecessary. <laughs> um, and I can't say I enjoyed it. There was nothing particularly interesting about it, and I'm glad Anadarmus is getting work. Other than that, uh, you know. Oh, and the Lone Wolf was pretty cool. I gotta admit that guy was pretty sweet. <laughs> Wasn't he great? I want a movie. I do. Him. I do wish they had crossed genres a little more and given him like superpowers, like we've seen yeah. in Bollywood. That would have been pretty cool, with no explanation because none needed. But other than that, yeah, it was. My, I wouldn't recommend it. My theory is that they are setting Danush up to be the antagonist in the sequel. No, no, no. He's going to be the protagonist. He, you maybe You know what? He's going to be that antagonist who turns halfway through. And is he like, already okay, did no. that in this movie. If they do it again, I'm going to be really annoyed. How then, creative are, do you think these people are? And then yeah, he joins the point. Fast and the Furious franchise. He should. He absolutely should. He's pretty cool. That dude. would be the best move they could make. The fight scenes with him, I'm pretty sure they were all sped up, but they were totally kick-ass. I loved yeah. it. Someone get Vin Diesel on the phone. Oh, no, not him. He hates everyone that's not him. Someone get The Rock on the phone. Yeah, talk to The Rock. Rock's cool. Yeah, The Rock. Yeah, you can talk to him. Anywho, today we have Rustin. It's Rustin's Day. For us. And Fry, as you're in the lead, I will allow you to go first. For any listeners who have forgotten, since it's been like a year since we did this last, Fry and James ask me questions, and for each one that I cannot answer, they get two points. That's right. But we can't make them too insanely hard or really, really obscure. You, you try to keep a balance. I did so. try to choose things that there's at least a chance you've heard of. Although <laughs> one of these one of these is probably not going to be something you've heard of. Well, yeah, on we go. All right. James and I each chose a theme. My theme here is movies that involve in some way hackers or the concept of having to fight against machines in some way. Oh, (laughs) no. Also, every terrible movie that's ever been made. Oh, Lord. Some of these are also documentaries or biopics of real-life hackers or (laughs) people who could be considered hackers. Oh, God. I'm using the expansive term of the word hacker here to include anyone fairly sophisticated with computers. They are not all criminals. Does this assume, like, leakers like Julian Assange and that kind of thing? No, no, it does not okay. include anyone like that. First one, the, this movie, starring the voices of Danny McBride and Maya Rudolph, features a family trying to fight the robot apocalypse while on a road trip. 
Uh, Mitchell's versus the machines. That's the one. Mm. Uh, well, my theme is Star Wars because Russ and I love Star <laughs> Wars, despite its many, 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 many flaws. <laughs> so, Russ, my questions are going to be a little more specific because uh, you and I both know Star Wars pretty well. <laughs> uh, Russ, what is the uh, question number, uh, James, I should say. What is the name of the lizard-like bounty hunter seen in The Empire Strikes Back ne- standing next to Boba Fett? Bosk. You got it. Wow. I, oh, I knew he would get that. that. That's my opening salvo, my friend. <laughs> All right. These, those are going to be good. All right. <laughs> I worry I've gone a little too easy, but I think this one is going to change the direction. Okay. This documentary follows Marcus Hutchins, a cybersecurity researcher who was arrested by the FBI. The documentary is named for the virus this researcher stopped in its tracks while it was attacking the UK's national health system. Mm. Quiet, you. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, fuck. I know the movie you're talking about, but I'm not going to think of it. Hang on, give me one second. Um, I'm not going to think of it. What is it? James, do you know? Well, can I get a year? Recent. I didn't write down the year. Oh, last, Within the last five years. Never mind. I thought it was something else then. Yeah. This is Wanna Cry, the Marcus Hutchins story. Thank oh, you. That one. Right. Got another easy one here for you. What is the name of Boba Fett's ship? Slave One. Oh, even Correct. I know that. I, I'm, I'm trying to set him up. <laughs> all right, all right. This heist movie features a security hacker named Nineball, who created an opening for her team's heist by creating a blind spot on the cameras. Uh, what year? I don't remember. It's within the last decade. All of mine are relatively recent. Nine Ball. And it's a heist movie. It is a heist movie. It's not Logan Lucky, is it? It is not. Sorry. The answer we were looking for is Ocean's 8. I didn't see Ocean's 8. Ah, nicely Ah. done. Nicely done. You didn't see it because it was another terrible movie. All right. It wasn't terrible. You take that back, sir. (laughs) Right. It was fine. Name the actor who played Chewbacca in The Force Awakens. So that wasn't Peter Mayhew, was it? I'm going to need a final answer when you're ready. Kane Hodder's too old. Are you just thinking of tall people yeah. now? <laughs> who was it? It was Peter Mayhew. It was the last one he did. Oh, God damn it. He wasn't in the nice. next one. <laughs> Good. All right. Fry, take it away. All right. This movie stars a hacker played by Scarlett Johansson who protects the world in the year 2029. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> That's it. Uh, That's a terrible explanation of the Ghost in the Shell plot, but it's appropriate for the film. <laughs> I really didn't want to do a ton of research. I felt like any details Russ was going to know immediately, so I had to keep it as vague as possible. All right, Russ, this one's just for the lulls. Which Star Wars movie did Harrison Ford say was phenomenal but skip out on the premiere of? <laughs> Can I say all of them? <laughs> no, he went to the premiere. I know he was at the premiere of episode four. Um, can I say The Force Awakens? Uh, it was Solo, a Star Wars story. Was <laughs> of course it was. I thought it was going to be that one. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead, Fry. All right. Last one from me. This biopic covers the life of an early hacker who was instrumental in winning World War II. Fuck, with Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, mm-hmm. That's the lad. And that movie is called... I didn't see it, but I know it. It's something like, it's something like The Perfect Equation or, or something like that. That does sound like it would be a movie title. I think it's called The Perfect Gay Laser. 
No, don't eat that apple, Alan. <laughs> the... Yeah, that's a good question because I can think of it too, but I can't get the title. For what it's worth, I had this same problem just a few weeks ago where I could remember the movie but not the title of it. And see, all those movies, every single one of those that came out around that same time that was about, that like biopics of people that did math things, they're all named similarly. And so you have like yeah. hidden figures and, yep. and, and, um, and it's right. not the Enigma Code. What is it? it? That is the Imitation Game. The Imitation Game. Yes. Thank you very much. I also could not think of it. Okay, for my last question, <laughs> Russ. <laughs> Name all Star Wars feature-length, non-animated movie titles in timeline order, excluding holiday specials, Ewok adventures, and other such nonsense. All the main films. In, in timeline order, not in order of release, but in order In timeline of, order, okay. Yes. And, and they mainstream, not animated releases Correct. in timeline. Okay, so it's um, Phantom Menace, mm-hmm. Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And then now the two in here you could put in either order. I, I'll let you. I because I'm don't pretty think sure. I'm pretty sure it goes solo and then Rogue One. You're absolutely correct. And then you've got New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, and, and then, then you have Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Oh, well done. All correct. Hundred percent. Okay, so well, that's my last question. Well, nicely done. Points. That was six to Fry and four to James. I thought I only got two points. Well, you got two questions. Yeah, it's two points per question. It's two points per question. Oh, I didn't realize. Oh, okay, great. So that is uh, brings Fry's total to ten and James's total to six. I was just having fun yeah. <laughs> talking about Star Wars with my buddy. I, can't I believe didn't I realize there were points to be earned for making you miss these until we started recording this. <laughs> yeah, that's how we did <laughs> it last chosen, time. Man. Well, it was a long time ago. The fucking imitation game. That's irritating. Well, yeah, that was good. This week, it was supposed to be suspense movies, and we brought you a movie. Yes. Mm, I noticed you might have, you maybe you forgot to say a word. <laughs> Did I? Uh, who can say these days? You know, it's just, Who can say? <laughs> it's a confusing uh, it, time we live in. Yeah. No, this is a, a suspense movie. This is 2022. This is Men. They've truly chosen one of the now most hold, terrifying things on the planet to name the movie. Now, hold on a second. It's all three letters, from, too. Did we go from watching a movie called The Gray Man or The Gray Men to just men? Yes. And next week, it's, it's going to be, mm. Yeah. I bet there's a movie out there titled Me we could find. Take it away, Fry. <laughs> all right. What? Let's talk about men. Are you, are you fitting, <laughs> Fry, are you forgetting about Fritz Lang's M, the movie that does exist? <laughs> I was forgetting about that. Thank you. Okay. Good. We can continue this for at least two more weeks. Right. <laughs> Min follows our, our protagonist, uh, Harper Marlowe, who okay. has decided to take a little trip. She's taking a holiday alone in a small village in England called Cotson. Cotton upon pond water. Yes, it's one of those. <laughs> it's exactly one of those kind of places. There appear to be about 10 people living there. She's staying in like a manor that's mm-hmm. 10 minutes walk from the local pub. Like it's all very close together. And so she has booked this manor to stay in by herself, which mm-hmm. is an interesting choice. Like, you know, if you just wanted to stay in a castle for the night, go for it. I totally get it. But it's a lot of space for one person. But it's a lot of space to film a movie in. So I guess that worked out pretty well. <laughs> so she gets there and the steward of the property 
greets her and you know gives her the keys and he's a bit of an odd chap he's he's very forceful he doesn't really he's creepy but not like in an overly obvious way he's just kind of odd about things like you you you'd see him you'd be like ah yeah i know what kind of guy that is thanks but no sometimes (laughs) that is better yeah so and he you know he gets there and he's like, oh, let me help you up with your bags. And she's like, no, I, I can do it. She's, he's like, no, I insist. I must carry your bags up for you. And then he, like, drops them all over and, like, carries them up the stairs. And just, he's complaining about breaking a sweat while doing this and all that. Hey, Frank, can like, I ask you a question? Yeah. When someone's telling you about a movie, which admittedly happens to me a lot more than it does probably most people. <laughs> probably more than most. Yeah. But... When someone's telling you about a movie, do you ever just instantly have a flash where you know every single major scene that's going to happen in this movie and probably how it ends? However, oh, you are could not be more wrong. <laughs> oh, I don't know what you, how you're thinking this is going to end, but it's not how yeah. it ends. There are absolutely scenes in this movie that you could not predict based on this in- introduction. I promise. Okay. All right, I'm listening. I just I just got this vibe from the title. When you said the title, the the hero had to be one of two people. Either a guy who likes guys or a woman. And once you said it was a woman, I was like, I think I know where we're going with this. Because it's called Men. But okay, I'm willing to you, hold you back and listen. You have some idea of the direction we're heading, but you yeah. do not know our destination. You yeah, don't no, know how fair. far that's into this fair. country we're going. I haven't yet mastered the prognostication skill, so please continue. So one of the other kind of awkward things the groundskeeper does is he's like, oh, well, Mrs. Harlow, right? Like, where's your husband? You booked it under the name Mrs., so there should be a husband. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And she gets this odd look on her face for a moment, and she's like, she just says, oh, we're separated or implies that they're divorced. We know Mm -hmm. from a flashback that we see that... He has jumped off of a balcony and died. Sweet. We know that she watched him do this. We don't, at this point, know much more about it. But we know she's dealing with some shit and she's gone to the countryside to try to get away. Oh, she's the... Okay, got it. That interaction gets done. Uh, He heads off, leaves her to the place. And she's here in all this this beautiful English countryside. Let's take a walk. And they do a really interesting thing with the visuals while she's doing this. And I hadn't really noticed it before, but it's just really obvious. Mm-hmm. All of the colors other than her are super saturated. So mm. she's walking through this bright green countryside. The flowers are like bright blue. It's very saturated colors. And she herself, either through After Effects or just the costuming choices, probably a mix of both, mm-hmm. is very, very dull in comparison. So so she walks around and she she seems to be having a good time kind of working through her things enjoying the enjoying the fresh air and the rain and stuff like that. And she happens upon a long tunnel. And I guess everyone has different reactions to finding a tunnel. I can't say this is how I would behave if I found a tunnel. <laughs> yes. Uh so she she steps into it and starts calling out into the tunnel just to like hear herself echo. So she's like saying like ah 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 you know that sort of thing. Yeah, that's the kids do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's really enjoying herself. She doesn't have any places to be. So she goes further into the tunnel, which is pitch black inside, by the way. You cannot see anything inside the tunnel. Right. And gets a little further in, realizes the echoes work even better from there. They just keep bouncing around and practically composes a little melody of 
echoed bursts of song that she sings out. Echoed sing-songy shouts that she yells. And then as she's doing this and just enjoying herself and having a good time and making some really creepy music, a (laughs) figure stands up at the end of the tunnel that she had previously not seen. We can't see any details, just the silhouette. And she's a little freaked out about this. She's even more freaked out when he begins to sprint towards her. But it's a long tunnel, so, you know, she's probably fine. (laughs) And she takes off running as well. Uh, Basically gets to, like, try to run run around and hide from this guy until she can get back to the the manor. Cool, so she found a portal to the Feywild. Kick ass. Super, super good. She doesn't head straight back to the manor. She, you know... Escapes a little bit. She gets into a field. She realizes, oh, I, I haven't heard any sounds of anybody chasing me for a <laughs> she while. She escapes a little bit. <laughs> I'm probably safe. I'll stand around and just take in some more of this nice countryside. I, I walked yeah. over a fence. There's no way that guy could follow me over a fence. <laughs> Not over a fence. And so she turns around and decides, decides to take a picture of the scenery and with her phone. She takes the picture and we see that front and center in the picture and now standing in front of her is an elderly nude man well he's not Presumably that elderly. The, well he's he's, he's yeah, you're right fr- he's, fr- let's be honest he's our age <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I would have put him in his 60s but maybe i maybe i'm overdoing it now it, we'll, we'll it, be there soon enough anyway fry are you going to get to the uh the actor such as it is well we haven't really crossed that bridge yet because you just did because you have the naked guy the naked guy is there, and the one other thing that is important about the naked guy, you'll probably spend most of your time noticing how nude he is, but if, you, <laughs> if, you, if your eyes make it up to his face, you'll see that he has the same face as Jeffrey, the groundskeeper who we met in the beginning of this. Ah, okay. This face belongs to Rory Kinnear, who mm. you will know if you saw the first episode of Black Mirror where he had sex with a pig, yeah. and a yes. uh, bunch of Bond movies, too. Mostly the pig thing. Mostly the pig thing. <laughs> Harper is played by Jesse Buckley, who um, I recognized from Chernobyl. Ah, okay. So she's pretty freaked out about uh, the nude man being still not close to her, but clearly following her. She loses him, she thinks. She gets back to the manor, gets inside, closes all the doors, and it's like, all right, I'm, I'm safe now. I'm going to ha- call and have a video chat with my friend and calm myself down and tell her what's going on. And... As she's doing this, we see through the windows that she is not looking out of, the nude man walking right up to the window, looking in, walking around the place, trying to find a way in. And she doesn't realize this till she's like halfway through talking with her friend and is taking her on a tour of the manor and sees him outside the window. And this is my local naked man. You can see his whole ding dong. Yeah. (laughs) So she gets freaked out. She runs to make sure the front door is closed and locked. Then she calls the police. He does try to get say. inside the house. He he reaches it. He yeah, tries to push open the door and tries to reach his hand through the mail slot. With his dick, he's just like slapping it up against the door and nothing happens. We don't see what he does with his dick, but there's plenty of room to use your imagination. That doorbell I, does um, get rung a lot. <laughs> I um, You're going into a lot of detail here. I am curious kind of where we're headed on this journey. Because it sounds like it might actually be a suspense thriller. Yeah, there's, be, there's a lot of I good think a first, Which I think would be a first for us. <laughs> yeah, I, I would, personally, I would call this a suspense thriller. I definitely yeah. felt quite a bit of suspense throughout the movie. Yeah. When is it going to be over? <laughs> yeah. <those sort> of 
so she calls the police. I'm, oh, by the way, I'm also sure. I'm setting this up slowly because the setup is just really important to just how the movie feels and like what's going right, on with right. her and all that. Yeah, you know, the ending. You, it's hard to explain the ending, but we're going to talk about this instead. <laughs> okay. She calls the police. They they show up, thankfully, very quickly for a, a distant English countryside villa. And they show up, and one of them also looks suspiciously like Jeffrey, the mm-hmm. the guy. And then there's a, a, a lady police officer as well. They take their statement. They arrest the guy, the naked man, who was not really doing anything threatening by the time they got there. Just kind of like nakedly eating apples in her yard. <laughs> He's got feral. Take him in, Judith. Yeah. We'll process him. They take him in, and Harper's hoping that she will never see them again. And she gets tries to go down with her trip because you know don't don't let a naked man on day one spoil your whole trip. That's what I always say. That's what I always say too. <laughs> so she goes out. She visits a church, and this church is really interesting. It's it's a very old stone cathedral. Yeah, I was gonna say they're called, it's called a cathedral. Yeah, you're called a cathedral. And inside of it, the central podium is not covered with Christian imagery, mm-hmm. uh, but rather pagan Im- imagery. Does it have any of those like dicks with wings on them like the Romans used to have? No dicks with wings, but prominently featured are the Green Man and ah. Sheila Nagig. Oh, which, so it is the Feywild. I was right. Yeah, cool. yeah, you're you're on the right track. So it's it's an interesting looking church, and she sits in there. We see longer flashbacks of what happened with her and her former husband, and she you know has a little moment in there, and then she comes out and. We have two more odd interaction with the, the men's folk of the town. First, there's a child mm-hmm. wearing a, what was that, a Marilyn Monroe mask? Yeah. He's wearing the <laughs> mask, and it's, he takes it off, and it is, once again, Jeffrey's face, this time on a child. <laughs> and he asks if she wants to play hide-and-seek. Uh, she's, can, I, can I have she's, a question? You can may. Can I ask a question? Yes. In the scene where he see, we see her husband die, do we ever see his face? Oh, we yes. do, and it is not him. Okay, just that would... That yes, her, hus- her husband is black, Rory Kinnear is white. Ah, yeah. well, that... And with a different face. Also, his face is different. Yeah. <laughs> so the, she says she's not going to play hide-and-seek with the kid, to yeah. which he calls her a stupid bitch. Kids oh. these days, you know. And along comes the vicar of the church. He tells the boy to, to run away and, and stop being mean. And then he tries to console... Harper, because she's clearly having an emotional moment here at the church. And Harper tells him about what had happened, that she and her husband had been in the process of separating. He had threatened to kill himself if she left. And she was like, you you can't do that. Like, that's don't you see that that itself is abusive? Yeah. And they got into uh, more of an argument and he punched her in the face. Oh. And at that point, she told him, get the fuck out. I'm never going to see you again. I don't care if you kill yourself now. Just get, yeah. go away. Goodbye. And then a moment later, he throws himself off the upstairs balcony and she sees him plummeting. So she a little bit blames herself. But, you know, I think pretty much anyone can see she should not. Like yeah. the, the best advice you could give to her at this point is you're not responsible for that. You were trying to protect yourself. The way he reacted is illogical and... You shouldn't bear the blame for that. Boy, this movie sounds like it would be ripe territory for an unreliable narrator. Yeah. So the vicar instead says, well, you probably blame yourself for his suicide, don't you? 
She's like, why would you even say that? Well, you didn't give him a chance to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And this this counseling session with the vicar mostly turns into him blaming her for her husband's death and all the things that have gone wrong in her yeah. life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this all tracks. She decides she's not a fan <laughs> and leaves. And, you know, when you've sought help at the church and you don't get help at the church... There's only one place to go next. The bar. The bar. I guess I should say. I like that they introduce a little bit of doubt with the husband's suicide because Mm -hmm. maybe he jumped off, but it's also stated that maybe that he was he broke into the neighbor's apartment that he might have been trying to climb down to their balcony because she had locked him out. Yeah. And so it's like he might have jumped or he might have slipped. And yeah. And the the way he's falling is not the way someone falls if they've jumped off. Yeah. It's very much the way someone falls if they were trying to climb down and fucked up. Ah, gravity! <laughs> yeah. So, she goes to the pub, and I don't think the bartender had Jeffrey's face. He did. If I'm mistaken. Oh, he did? Okay. Yep, he did. <laughs> Everyone in the bar has Jeffrey's face. We have... So this movie would be lost on someone who has, like, face blindness. Yes. It would, yeah, okay. it would very much confuse the shit out of them. <laughs> man, I don't know, Fry. This one... <laughs> I don't know about this one, man. <laughs> I think after I, I describe I, the pub scene, I'm going to ask you where you think this is going. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that'll... And you know what? If you get it, if you happen to get it right, uh, you know, no need to watch the movie. <laughs> well, I can. I still get to choose either way. Sure, sure. thing I have to watch... Is that goddamn Pokemon movie, which I haven't gotten a chance to yet, but... Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to take extensive notes. Fry, please continue. So she gets to the bar. Everyone has Jeffrey's face. Jeffrey is there. There's a couple of other randos. And <laughs> there's a barkeep. Uh, the hair. They all have different hair. And teeth. Ah. They all have different teeth. And they all have different mm-hmm. teeth as well. And Jeffrey once again starts in with his kind of... I'm going to be so polite by not listening to you or doing what you ask kind of shtick where he's like, oh, let me buy you a drink. And she's like, no, I'm perfectly capable of buying my own drink. I believe it's called white knighting. Yes, he's very into that. Because he knows the bartender, he's literally able to tell the bartender, hey, don't take any of her money. Put it on my tab. And the bartender's like, yeah, I guess. So and the bartender, who is also him, is like, "You got it, me. You got it, me." <laughs> what was what I, what I liked about this is, yeah, they all have his face, but also that kind of just made it look like an English pub. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's like, oh, here's this slightly doughy white guy. Okay, fine. Yeah, I I spent a brief <laughs> period not sure. If I was meant to think something otherworldly was going on here with the faces, or if it's just a town with a very small gene pool. <laughs> <laughs> So as as she finally gets her drink, the policeman from earlier comes in, bringing the total of Jeffrey faces in this room to five. <laughs> and he's making conversation and he mentions like, oh, yeah, well, we let that guy go. Like, he didn't seem bad or anything. She's a little bit freaked out by this. Are you still naked as a jaybird? <laughs> she, and he's like, yeah, we, you know, we gave him a coat and some trousers we found and set him loose. Mm. She's like, but he was stalking me. I saw him twice. He's like, yeah. I don't know if he ever saw you, uh, which I guess is the standard in Britain for stalking. Yeah, you have to, both parties have to be able to see each other. So if you want to stalk someone, you can just cover your face with your hands like this and go, I'm not stalking you. Does this mean to imply a blind person can never stalk someone? Correct. 
Interesting. All right. Well, the laws get, of law. It should also be noted that um, she never references that they all have the same face. No. Yeah. Like, like she doesn't react to that or anything. It's just like, like she can tell them apart. So she leaves the bar after finding out that the policeman didn't think uh, she had anything to worry about. She decided mm-hmm. she doesn't really want to hang out there anymore. She heads back, which, of course, does mean walking home in the dark in a rural British village, which maybe if she was, you know, she's pretty scared. I don't know if I'd want to do that at that point, but she didn't have a lot of other choices. And as she's heading back, we do see the naked man following her again. Yeah. I asked you what you thought was going to happen next in the movie. Because we're, we're pretty yeah. much at the point where things are going to speed up towards the ending here. At this point, <clears throat> I can see two possible directions the movie will go. The first one is, it turns out she's crazy and possibly a killer. And she's the one terrorizing the town. And the other one is uh, sort of a reverse midsummer <laughs> where the guys in the town are horrible to her i don't know well the answer, the answer is, is neither. definitely neither yeah oh interesting well continue on then i don't want you to get to the good stuff yeah okay. so in Give me a brief hint. in brief summary yeah the naked man follows her back and there is what you might call a confrontation that goes on for quite oh wait am i No, I'm skipping ahead. There's one more... We'll say various members of the town show up for odd reasons. Yes. So we see Jeffrey. We see the policemen. We see everyone here in this this finale. And then things take a turn. Mm. A a somewhat supernatural turn, I will add. Yeah, I figured something was going. All but right, it's not. So no, I, I, it's not supernatural. The occurrences aren't supernatural. I'm going to stand on that one. Okay, Russ, I have questions about what you think supernatural means. <laughs> yes, this. <laughs> I, I'll I'll talk about it a little bit in the philosophies. Okay. All right, all right, fair enough, fair it, enough. Speaking of which, Russ, why don't you go ahead and philosophize this? Because I have a lot of questions and I want to see if they're answered. Oh, sure. Horror movies have long been about more than just monsters. For example, it's been written that Friday the 13th and that series is about the dangers of promiscuity, which, you know, kind of fits the 80s and moral panic in that. But I would argue that in the last 8 to 10 years, they've kind of been getting more explicitly about mental conditions or traumas being represented as monsters. And so, like, Mm -hmm. the Babadook isn't the monster it's depression and right. it follows isn't about a ghost monster it's about sexual assault and mm. men is all about misplaced guilt and specifically guilt following trauma you have an abused woman whose partner straight up tells her when i kill myself you'll be the one responsible for it the blood is on your hands and then he dies, but maybe he didn't mean to. And that's super heavy, and that would take ages and a lot of therapy to process. However, the movie quickly bounds out of the realm of the realistic and into the mindscape of processing trauma and guilt. Now, a lot of this movie doesn't really happen in reality as such. And you can argue at what point it deviates out of reality. And that's why I say it's not supernatural, because the last third act isn't completely real and so there are no ghosts at work this is just mind demons happening and all this is fine but here you have this representation of complex trauma and a woman's misplaced guilt written and directed by a guy and produced by a guy and edited by a guy 
with cinematography by a guy with music by two guys. <laughs> so on this occasion, I want to share with you some selections from the subreddit Men Writing Women. <laughs> And that's just oh, what. Oh, please do. And if you don't follow that subreddit, it's just what it sounds like. This is male authors writing female characters. It's going to be good. So this is uh, from Green by Jay Lake. All life came from water, Mistress Terrell continued. Water lies within us all. You spit water from your mouth and pass water from your vagina. <laughs> That's not where you pass water from. There, there's a nope. urethra in there. There, yep. All right. So this Good. is from Killing Commendatore by Haruki Murakami. My breasts are really small, don't you think? Mary asked out of nowhere. <laughs> Mary Hay asked out of nowhere. I wonder, I said. They're like bread that just didn't rise. <laughs> I laughed. You've just started junior high. I'm sure they'll get bigger. It's nothing to worry about. God. I don't really even need a bra. The other <laughs> girls in my class all wear bras. <laughs> Certainly, it was hard to see any development through her sweater. If it really bothers you, you could always pad your bra, I said. You want me to? Well, uh, we could, uh, I feel like a pedophile. Next entry. This is gross. <laughs> and your third. So I should also say that Murakami is easy mode because like all of his books have yeah. one of these passages for some inexplicable yeah. reason. <laughs> uh, this, is, this last one is uh, Into the Problem Pit by Frederick Pohl. Under the terry cloth robe, she wore a swimsuit with a narrow bikini bottom and a halter top. She would have preferred to be nude, but her breasts were too full for unsupported <laughs> calisthenics. She thought the way they flopped around was unesthetic, and at times <laughs> it could be actively painful. male gaze in this is uh, hilarious so like a beholder a beholder couldn't stare better <laughs> and and of course all this is built you see you see where i'm headed with this now yeah. there's a lot of symbolism all over the place in this movie you've got apples and green man and sheila and a gig so undergrads can write papers about it if they want to it'll show up in a bunch of film <laughs> studies classes for teaching symbolism 101 and take nothing away from it it's a very pretty movie and i was entertained mm. the entire time and i liked what they did with it everyone did their jobs alex garland is a very good director i just wonder why he decided to write women but at least they are self-deprecating about the whole matter. Yes, men are bad. Yes, all men. Oh, and Fry, patriarchy. There you go. I, I asked Russ before this how many times that word was going to appear. <laughs> all right. Let's start with some of the standard questions, since apparently I know nothing about how this movie is going to end. Um, <laughs> you don't? <clears throat> I promise you. You should no, watch I, it for the surprise of that alone. I Well, hold on. How long is this movie? 100 minutes. Yeah. Okay. That's not bad. And you, Russ, you said you were entertained the whole yeah. way through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. And then Fry, you also said you enjoyed it. Is that I, true? I enjoyed I it. You? I would recommend watching it. I do think, though, that if you're someone like me who's not a big fan of horror movies, you will yeah, feel that enough. unpleasant anxiety the whole time. <laughs> oh. Yeah. You see, so, I feel that enough. too, but I like that. Yeah. No, it, the words are unpleasant and anxiety. <laughs> Neither of those you, words are good things. It keeps you awake and alert. Okay. Um, All night. Hmm. 
<sighs> yeah, I mean, I got to give it a shot. I mean, you, you've you've caught me with the intrigue of not knowing what happens. I thought I was I thought it was going to go one of few ways, and apparently I'm wrong. So I got to know what I it is. I cannot wait to hear your play by play next week of I'm what so just excited. what happens. Yeah, if you uh, yeah. can take extensive notes through the third act, that would okay. Be I think ideal. the more detail would be, be the more detail, the better. Yes, it's a twenty-four. So if you like a twenty-four, if did you like the lighthouse, you'll probably like men. I do like a twenty-four. Lighthouse was better though. Lighthouse was better than men. Well, the lighthouse was Robert Eggers. Yeah, this is a, but Alex Garland's good. Did well, you see what, Annihilation? What he done that I would know. What, oh, he did Annihilation. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Annihilation is the only, I'm not going to say the only, it's one of the few movies that tried to actually capture, like, what would an unknowable thing be like? Yeah. And and it did a really good job because there isn't a thing. It's just really weird. Yeah, it's that yeah. and uh, that and Solaris are the only two that I can think of that capture yeah. alien life really well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he did Ex Machina. He did, um, he wrote Dread. Oh, he wrote Dread? Yeah. Wow. The good one. Ex, Ex Machina, there's something about that movie, like, I, I do like it, but there's something about that movie that, like, I don't know if I, that I dislike, or maybe it just hits a little too close to reality. <laughs> like, not the android part, but the shitty billionaire part. Oh. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like, the, the tech bro guy is, like, just a little bit too, like, that's a lot of people <laughs> right there. Kind of piss me off, but I don't think it's because the movie's bad. It's just because I like I don't want to think yeah, about those. Because that's the world. Did either of you have any recommendations for the list? I am man. I am on the fence about Sandman. What do y'all think about it? I, I have really not started it, it yet. I've uh, only I, seen. I've only seen two episodes. I want to like it, but like so many people, I loved the comic, and so I went in with a preconceived notion, and mm-hmm. it's to my own undoing. Uh, own undoing, I know. And my wife, who has not read the comic, is enjoying it. And I'm like, oh, that's not how that's supposed to be. But, you know, that's a very comic yeah. book, uh, comic yeah. store man thing to say. But I, I can definitely say as someone who has also not read the comics for even a moment, I love this show. Mm. So maybe it's not for people who've read the comic extensively. <laughs> it's got I, a I lot of history there. I haven't read the comic either, so maybe I'll give it a shot and see what uh, I, I think. I think you'll enjoy it. Very cool. I cool. like to recommend things that the rest of the world has known about and known were great for <laughs> you ages. You do. <laughs> Go ahead, Fry. And this is neither a, a show or a movie. Uh, this is just a shout out to Apple's AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we're not no, doing no, it. Listen it's to me. Too far I've been removed. I've been using. I, I got a pair this week. I've been using them. And today, a man literally fell through my ceiling. And I thought someone had just maybe dropped something small. Like, I could barely well, Fry, hear anything. Well, Fry, you're not supposed to keep random people chained up in your in your attic with buckets of fish heads well, and we ice don't, tea. Well, we don't have basements in Texas. That's true. The ground's too hard. Anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Great. I have um, another recommendation. Uh, it's yeah. this guy, Jim Henson. Have y'all heard of him? Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God, you guys! The other day I saw this movie. You'll you'll never. Oh, it was so amazing and full of. Oh, what was it called? I think it was called uh, Schindler something. I don't know. I have to look it up. But anyway, you guys would really like it. The light bulb. Okay. What a charming theory. <laughs> Sliced bread. You should tear it. Who's cooking anyway. their meat like a bitch? 
<laughs> I guess to go back further than that, you live in a cave? That's what the bears are, dummy. Why are you going right. on land? The water's fine. <laughs> multicellular. I was going to do multicellular. All right, fine. You, you got it. A closed nucleus? <laughs> DNA? <laughs> <laughs> RNA was just fine for me and my grandfather. All right, that's enough of this nonsense. Uh, <laughs> Frying. That last one, RNA was good enough for me and my grandfather. That, that uh, fuck. Do you like that? Yeah. All right. That's the one. All right. After that genius joke, we're going to sign out before we say something less funny. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Hey James Watch This. Have a great day and don't drink bleach. <laughs>